And so friends, one of the things that I'm trusting God for is that as a church, we will mobilize the strongest army for Jesus. We can raise men and women who are strong for the kingdom of God. And I'm trusting God that our very best people, the best teachers, the best prayerful people, our intercessors and can be deployed to kids' church, can be deployed to youth, and can be deployed to the new converts. I'll tell you why. Every, most of us, we want to be where the limelight is. But we don't want to be the great foundation, where the great foundations are. There is a battle for the souls of the young people now. The younger we catch them there, you see under the trees there. The devil wants them younger as well. God wants them younger too. So there is a great battle. And God tells us, train up a child in the ways of the Lord. And when he is old, he will not depart. Proverbs 22 verse 6. And what is the battle there? The battle is that those people, when the Bible speaks of young people, it says young people are strong. And their strength does not depend on whether they are Christian or not Christian. We live in a weaponized society. But Ubafetu Hile Dibita and every one of us is a weapon. You are either on the devil's side as his weapon or on God's side as his weapon. There is no middle line. And so what is what is the thing that we should strive for? We need to make sure that our kids in this church have the strongest foundation of who Jesus is. And therefore, we can't bring people to just babysit them. No. We need people who will bring them to face to face with Jesus. Are you okay? And our young people, in the book of 2 Corinthians, I want us to read them. And I want you to trust with us as the leadership of this church. For the things that we believe we should stand for. In chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians verse 13 it says. It is written. I believed therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith we also believe and therefore we speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with him. We believe therefore what do we do? We speak and we stand by what we believe. We speak it, we confess it, we we live it. Friends, we obey it. And when it comes to our young people, I have faith, I trust God, that one day we will have young people who are completely sold to Jesus, whom when they stand in the face of other young people can say, an unmarried person's concern is the business of the Lord. Unfortunately, we're not there. When you listen to our young people, the stuff they talk, is it saddens you as a pastor. When we were in Lesotho, we had young people from Jordan coming to us. And I remember I said to our young people, I want you to learn some few things from these guys. And, and, and they started, I said, discuss your challenges. 
I remember when young people started talking. Hey, you know, I want to dump my boyfriend. I'm feeling wara wara wara. You know all the stuff you guys go through. And this young boy from Jordan, how I love that boy. He stood up and he said, "I'm actually ashamed on your behalf that you struggle with that." Where I come from in Jordan. Jordan is an Islamic country. He says where I come from we don't struggle with that. Our struggle is to make sure that we never deny Jesus. Because for us accepting Jesus is a matter of life and death. When they catch you they kill you. So we don't have time for the struggles you have. Next week we did not have the problems of boyfriends and girlfriends again. You know them. You saw them. And you saw they are far fired up than what we have here. Because to them, their hearts have turned around. They have come to an understanding. Jesus is worth more than what this world can give. And I have faith that one day, we will work it. Don't worry. We are not going to sort anyone out. We are going to show everyone Jesus and how irresistible Jesus is once you start knowing him. Bring the revelation of who Jesus is to this young person. That this young person can say, I'm far more worthy before Jesus than to a person who does not see value in me. And I have faith that we will have men in this church. You know in this church we believe men should lead. You know that. If you don't know now today, you know. Are we chauvinists? No. Well, you can decide whether we are or not. If you think we are chauvinists, this is where we stand. The Bible says, the husband is the head of the... Are you reading the Quran or the Bible? If you read the Bible, the Bible says, the husband is the head of the wife. And there's no verse that says the woman is the head of anything. Can women lead stuff? Yes. Can women be gifted by God? Yes. Can women do what men do by in their gifting? Yes. Can a woman be ahead of a man? No. You understand that type of thing? As long as we stay on the Bible. And so we trust in God for a situation where men will be holding their wives and their children and say, we are going to church. Not that, today I'm not going. It's a shame for us as men. Rather come alone until they come than have your wife drag you to your purpose in God. I have faith. I have faith that one man you will stop criticizing the young girls with their short skirts, but you will teach them how to wear modestly. And you won't make it our trouble. Hey, you are a mother. It's your job as a mother to go and teach them modesty. And you see, I don't mind. I can stand here and tell you, young people, most of you don't dress properly. But I also know that rules without relationship produce rebellion. Rules without. Sometimes you are criticizing this child 
you don't know that even the clothes that that child is wearing were given to her because she doesn't have money to buy the ones you want her to wear and so all you can say is you must wear this you must wear go and find out why is this child wearing like this do you want them to wear dresses that that reach to their uh, legs maybe but i'm not sure if they'll get married that way You all hear what I'm saying? I'm saying I have faith that every one of us will be responsible enough to point everyone in the right direction as far as Jesus is concerned. Such that when a person does something, they don't do it because you said so. They do it because they love Jesus. And that way, no one will have to live double standard lives. Langudlager. Everyone will live free knowing that I can dress like this because I love Jesus. You all understand what I'm saying? If you don't understand, leave it. Leave it to those who... And so friends, I have faith that none of us here, next year, in the purposes of God for your life, you will still be where you are now. I'm trusting God that you would have moved from glory to glory in God's purpose for your life. There are things that are in your heart. That's you. But in what God has created you to do, I'm trusting God that you will be far than where you are now. Or how pilela mudim or tavumu pilela katela ebon sanghori ona lemurero ka your destiny in court. I will still fight. And so that is why, remember, our job here is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And wherever you go, I'm not there. Whatever you do there, I cannot do it for you. That's why we have to equip you. How people must know you are a child of God. When you face things, you must be able to stand as a child of God and know that you have been given power over the power of the enemy. And so, we have spoken about the challenges that you are going to face. We have covered two. We said personal ones. You remember that. I know some of you, your, brain, your brains are being fried by the heat. If you feel you want to stand up, no one will think, how many are you? Come out. No, nobody will come. <laughs> we will understand that you are trying to stay awake. Don't worry, I did it in the morning. I was so tired, I kept walking around. They thought I was busy with something. I was just avoiding sitting down. So we spoke about personal challenges. We spoke about the relational challenges. You remember that? Today I want us to talk about work challenges. Ministry itself as work is hard. If you are going to fulfill your purpose, what you have to do is going to be hard for you as well. And you have to be aware that it's going to be hard. So I want to read for you how hard it can be in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, rather chapter 11. That's where we want to start reading from verse 16. And as I've always said, if you feel you want to sleep, sleep in the presence of the Lord. Are you in God's presence? No problem. From verse 16 we read, 
I repeat, let no one take me for a fool, but if you do, then receive me just as you would a fool, so that I may do a little boasting. In this self-confident boasting, I'm not talking as the Lord would, but as a fool. Since many are boasting in the way the world does, I too will boast. You gladly put up with fools since you are so wise. Paul says, you gladly put up with people who actually abuse you. When someone says, stands and says, watch my show. I am the guy who preaches. You are the people who pay me. And you go home, but you cannot fulfill your calling in God. You clap hands and you are glad. When somebody does not care how well are you doing, but care how much can you give me, how much can I take out of your pocket, you clap your hands and you go home, you are excited. When you are in a church and you just dance and you go home empty, you still clap your hands. Paul says, I want to speak like a fool to you. Because I know you are, you are glad to accept foolishness. You do not question anything. You are happy to let things be as they are. If Umfundisi is sleeping with girls, ah, it's okay. If the church's money is being embezzled, ah, it's okay. If you living, if saints live in sin in your midst, it's okay. It's his life. He says, I know. You are ready to accept foolish things. Verse 21 says, To my shame, I admit that we were too weak for that. What anyone else dares to boast about, I'm speaking as a fool, I also dare to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? Oh, I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked more harder. He gives you a picture. He says ministry is hard work. If you are going to do what God has called you to do, it's going to be hard. Chances are, when you still think, oh, to be a Christian is nice, it's soft, you have not even started with your purposes in God. Because if you do, you're going to know it's hard And so he continues to say, I've been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. He says, this thing of serving God will bring you to a place where people even want to kill you. They won't just criticize you. Oh, Solom Zalwan, oh, Solis Chiman. They won't just say those things. They won't just say, don't come to my house. I kid you, you are saying you don't worship ancestral. Don't come. They won't just say that. At one point, they will want your life. This is how much it will cost you. He says, verse 24, Five times I've received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from the Gentiles, the unbelievers, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. 
He says, even in the church, there were people who pretended to be my brothers and sisters, but they were posing a danger. But in our midst. I keep telling you, in every church, there are sheep, goats, and wolves. He says, I met the wolves as well. I thought I could trust them because I thought Kibazalwan, but I couldn't. That's ministry. Sometimes you think, I want to serve in the church. I want the people are going to hurt you. And then you are going to give up. Listen to a guy who says, I have met those. I did not give up. False brothers. He says, verse 27. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I have daily faced the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak? And I do not feel weak. Who is led to sin? And I do not inwardly bend. Paul says, even when it comes to sexual pressures, I have faced these things. I have heard women come with skates. I have heard others trying to seduce me. I have heard these things, but I have stayed the course. That's ministry. When I wanted to do right, evil was always next to me. Are you still okay? Are you sure? Angela, you look very okay. And in fact, you look very happy. Verse 8, if, if I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. I don't wait to feel like I'm a man of God, I'm a woman of God. In my weakness, I still serve Jesus. When I have made a mistake, I still serve Jesus. Says the God and the Father of the Lord Jesus, who is to be praised forever, knows that I'm not lying. I served him even when it was inconvenient. In Damascus, the governor and the king Aritas had the city of Damascus guarded in order to arrest me, but I was lowered in a basket from a window in the wall and slipped through his hands. It cost me. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, when you go down with it, it says, Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Father of all comfort. He comforts us when we go through stuff. When you go down to verse 8, it says, I don't want you to be ignorant of the things we suffered when we are in the province of Asia. He says we were so burdened to a point that we despaired of life itself. Musebetu was so heavy that we felt despondent. We felt I'm so tired. I'm so weak. I wish I can drop dead. He says, but even then God strengthened us so that we do not trust in ourselves. You know when you serve people, I don't know if you know this phrase, when they are angry, they get to a point where they You know it. They get to a point where people say, no, I've been saying, God, 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 now I'm going to take this salvation thing and put it aside. But Paul says, even in the midst of those, we were strengthened so that our trust is not in ourselves, but in him who makes us strong. I want you to 
to go with me to the book of Philippians chapter 2 verse 25. Paul talks about Epaphroditus. He says, but I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother. You see, I, I love this, how Paul looked at other Christians. He says, I, I, I was not born in the same with this family with this guy, but who do I call him? My brother. And sometimes Christians don't look at another, one another that way. You see that guy, that guy, man, that late man. Isn't it sad that we still don't see one another as brothers and sisters? He says, my brother, my fellow what? Worker. We work. We are not just coming around, lazing around and postponing our purpose in God. No, we work hard towards what God has called us. We, don't, we are not just churchgoers. We work for the advancement of the kingdom. He says, my fellow soldier. They say the best friend you can have is the soldier that is in the pit with you when the guns are blazing. How last when the enemy comes is your best friend. Because he knows you at your weakest point, but he was there. But most of us, at your weakest point, where are we? Gone. It says verse 26. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, almost died. But God had mercy on him and not only on him but also on me to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I'm all more the eager, eager more to send him so that even when you see him again, you may be glad. And I may have less anxiety. Welcome him in the Lord with great joy. And honor men like him. Because he almost died. For what? I don't think we get this thing. He almost died for what? Okay. Let's just talk a bit. You know how many here almost died because they were dumped? <laughs> we are no longer... Hey, fundis, hey, ah, let's leave them fundis. Let's talk about you wanted to kill yourself because about dumpy. Meaninglessness. You want to die for a meaningless cause. Here's a guy who knows what's worth dying for. Eh? Got to listen to You know how many people here are depressed? They're going through psychiatrists. They're going. And how to run, Mamela, when you want to know what is wrong, see? Hey, I loved this other guy. I never thought he could do. And you want to say, where do you come from? Are you not on earth? Have you met an angel around here? He's a person who shifts like sh shadows. Today is there, today is not there. And many of us here are ready to sacrifice ourselves for such. But here's a man who says, if there's anything that I know is worthy to kill me, when I face that challenge and it brings me face to face with death, it should be Jesus. Nothing else. 
Are you still okay? See, when you dance a lot, you get tired a lot. Let me just take you through a few things that I want you to remember about the work that we do and the work that you must do. And if you have not started doing it, you must do it because that's your purpose in God. You are in ministry. God has called you and he has gifted you. Everyone, remember 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, what does it say? It says, every one of us must use their gift for the enriching the, uh, the body of Christ as a faithful steward. No one here has no purpose. We all know that by now, right? Everyone has a gift. We all know that by now, right? But how many are actually fulfilling their purpose? For those of you who have decided, I want to leave the, the purpose of God, here are things that you must know. When you start working, it doesn't matter what you end up doing. Some are pastoring, some are counseling, some are ushers, some are giving. Whatever God has called you to do, here are the few things you need to remember. Number one, ministry is hard work. It always makes sacrificial demands on all our resources. You cannot fulfill ministry obligations without paying the price attached to it. That is why Peter asked Jesus in Mark 10, We have left our houses and families. What is in it for us? And Jesus says, you will receive houses, brothers and sisters, along with suffering. But in the end, you will have eternal life. Friends, when we work, expect to suffer at one point. Secondly, the true lasting results in ministry are seldom vivid until late in the future. Sometimes when you build a wall like this one, you come in the morning and you build three rows. You see what you have done. Isn't it? But when you are building people, the results are not always evident when you want to see them. You pray, you fast, you preach, and three months down the line, she rocks up and fundis, I'm pregnant. And you think, am I such a bad pastor? Have I failed you? Three years down the line, the sufferings of having a child out of wedlock kick in and the person decides, I want to be serious with Jesus. And that person becomes your most trusted soldier after that. They push. When you push, they go. They have learned their lesson. That's what happens. Sometimes it's easy to just judge, 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 judge. Keep building. We build people, we do not destroy them. We discipline them, but we restore them. And so some of the people, you want to see results now. You will never see them now. You will see them in the future. Other people, we see them when we travel with them. When we say, speak, and you hear, like, you know, some of the guys that speak here, you think, hey, I didn't know he can speak like that. Why? Because they are not walls. They are people. Hypocrisy and performance always give an impression of growth. Yet it is a pseudo or a false growth. Numbers and business are not essentially the sign of true spiritual growth. Sometimes when we see ah, so these busy people, and then they come, ah, Basalwan, God bless you, hallelujah, Basalwan. And you all, hallelujah, hey, this brother is powerful. No, that brother is a hypocrite. 
He's just busy. One day you learn that in his heart there's emptiness. That's why he sleeps around with everyone. He's trying to compensate for the emptiness in Kapilunya High. So when they stand, they are not genuine. They are trying to be loved because they were never loved properly. You know those people? They are not here today. You need to have discernment. Discernment is a challenge for ministry. How to say that? The heart is deceitful. That's what Jeremiah 17 verse, from verse 8 to going to 12. And when you get to 10, it will tell you that their heart is deceitful and wicked. And it is the seed of intentions and motives. Unless the Lord reveals the hearts and motives of the people we work with, how do we know if they are genuine or not? There are so many people with hidden agendas. Others use the work of God for self-enrichment. Paul says, we do not peddle the word of God for financial gain. Others want to use what God is doing as a stepping stone for their self-elevation. Other people use church to further their own agenda. Whether it's a political agenda. You know how many of us went to church to see girlfriends? You know how many guys get born again because they want a wife? Okay, guys don't know. At least you ladies know that. Or maybe they are here, so they are not. They're like, ah, now you blew my calf. <laughs> Many people come. And then when I'm sorry, as a sister, he comes again. You go, you say to him, now nah, I will not be married to a guy who's not born again. And he figures, <laughs> watching. Learn and he comes to church. He learns the jargon. Oh, when they speak, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Two services after that, he's a pastor's friend. Why? Because every after service he comes, I'm so blessed. Oh, man of God, praise the Lord. (laughs) Praise the Lord, man of God. I'm a pastor who does not have discernment, right? I don't know his motives. Hi, my brother. Hi, you are growing in the Lord. Come and share. Hallelujah, Barcelona. Hallelujah to the right. Hallelujah to the left. Ah! Our God is good. Our God is good. Yes. And he goes, he reads a Miles Monroe book or somebody else. You know, God is good. He's going to bless you from the top of your head to the soul of your boot. Somebody say, neighbor, neighbor. And you are like excited, right? Ah, you know. Whatever. If you're facing difficult times, I remember one man said, you must dive. Dive and give your neighbor high five. High five. Now you are enchanted. Hey, man of God. No problem. You come to anyway because I have not told you what you should do. Most of you agree you like surprising us with your boyfriends and girlfriends. Let me just clarify this issue. I didn't talk about it in the first service, so you must never mention that I mentioned this issue. Look. Agree, 
when you are not married, you want to be married. Are you going to get married without having a boyfriend or a girlfriend? Not. So you see, we do not necessarily expect you to have an arranged marriage. But you, most of you that are not married, you have the wrong perception about our intentions for you. You think when we say, when you have, you want to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, come and talk to us. You think we are going to say, hey, no, no, you are too young now. <laughs> no. We're not, that's not the intention. We are not even going to say, no, don't make, no. I want you to hear our hearts. We don't want you to be taken advantage of as a girl, as a boy. We don't want you to make mistake about the girl. Because what, whenever you think you know them, we know them better. There are problems they tell us, not you. And so we want to help you build together so that we can show you the dangers. But our heart, my heart is for every woman to be married in this church. How I wish we had enough men to get all of you married. And then nobody sits here and say, my biological clock is ticking. So don't miss the point. The point is not to try and put you on a strict diet of affection. No. The point is to help you not to make a mistake. Because we want the best for you. And when you rock up and you're trying to surprise us, watch, you won't be the first. You'll surprise yourself. How so, Nyeti, man of God? You, you are surprised one day, he says, Daddy, Daddy, I don't know whatever you'll be calling him. Are you not going to church? Which church? <laughs> I get you said, So what do you want? If you came to us, we would have helped you. We would have asked him questions that you can't ask him. We would have asked her questions that you can't. How many of you? Okay. I'll, I'll wrap it up just now. How many of you saw the escape of the serial rapist on TV? You saw that? You saw the women they were interviewing. You remember one of the women said, and I had not told my husband. Now, that guy is out. My marriage is finished. If you are part of the church, we would have made the husband aware that do not judge her. She once was molested. She's your wife. God has restored her. But she surprised other people. Guess who's surprised now? We want to save you the pain. I don't know if you understand like I said, don't quote Mika to the people who are not here. Let me just read the last few things. Budget your time. You will never pick up extra time or lost time from the floor like you would money. When time is lost, it's never recovered. Therefore, you need to be wise with your time. Give it to the best return for your investment. Don't give time to people who waste it. That's why even as pastors, we need to learn more that people who are not working with Jesus are the ones who always need attention because they hurt themselves recklessly most of the time. Go and check in every church. People who love Jesus and, what, what, and who are genuine seldom need counseling. I don't say you must not go for counseling. But if we start treating you like a psychiatrist would a client, then we know something is not right in your life. 
So we don't want to give time where it's not utilized well, isn't it? Setting boundaries. Let your yes be yes. That's what Jesus says. And your no be no. Do not be trapped into conformism because you are scared to say no and appear as a bad person or hurt the feelings of the next person. When you are a child of God, say yes if it's yes. Say no if it's no. And don't, some of us are scared to say yes because they will think I'm a bad person. Jesus said no to so many people. Philip, we want to say Jesus. Jesus said no. They came, they say, Jesus, uh, let's go. People are looking for you. He says, no, let's go to another seat and preach them. At one point, mother, brothers came. We would like to see Jesus. Jesus, my, your brother and mother. Who's my mother? And No, I'm not going to see them. He didn't feel bad for saying no. And I said in the morning, you must learn to separate harm and hurt. Hurt is a response, is an emotional response to a negative thing. If I have a child, actually a razor, and I, you know what children do with stuff again? They want to put it in their mouth. What must I say? Clap hands for him. Eh? No, I'm going to take it. Is the child going to clap hands for me for taking it? He's going or she's going to cry. Why? Because she's hurt emotionally. There's a response to the adverse situation. But is she harmed? Harmed is the physical evidence of the wound. Is she harmed? No. So you see, in life, sometimes we can only avoid harming people, not hurting them. And that is why sometimes you have to dump someone. How so, Pulisito, you have to say, hey, I love you, but hey, I can't. Because you will be harmed. You will think it's good not to be born again because you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend that's born again. And I'm sending you to hell by being in a relationship with you that way. Because you'll think it's okay. But I'm not going to let you die because you were like, ah, I have a girlfriend, I'm Zalwan, and I'm not born again. So it's okay. You have to know there's a distinction. Lastly, whew. hey Lord, thank you for the strength. We are on the last point. Choosing your battles. You will often have to make a choice to allow certain issues just to slide off. At times you need to remind yourself that not every battle dropped at your doorstep by others is yours to fight. Let other people fight the battles they need to fight. Shall we stand up? <laughs>